0: Summer's not here long, so seize the sizzle with Walmart. Find all your faves such as Oscar Mayer hot dogs, Kraft Singles, and Heinz Ketchup. This time of year is all about living easy and sizzling good food. Whether you're cooking for two or for a houseful, grilling outside makes mealtime simple, delicious, and fun. When the coals are hot, be grill ready with all the best ingredients from Walmart.
1: Well, we're back again. The mighty duo here in Salt Lake City. We got Tim and we got Brady in studio. And I guess, I guess we got somebody else here too, but he's on the phone again. And maybe Uh, let's put let's make sure that everyone can hear him now. Braxton, you you didn't drive up again.
0: I did not drive up. I did not want to brave the winter storm
1: of winter. Oof. Look at look at this winter storm, Tim.
2: There's a whole lot of I'm just looking out the window here. There's a whole lot of uh nothing. There's a whole lot of nothing.
0: Okay, to be fair, Brady this morning said, Braxton, you don't have to drive up and I said deal. actually,
2: Actually I think he asked you if you were driving up and then it was the ball was in your court, but
0: Brady said Brexit's gonna have to come up. I have messages right here, here, here. we are. Either way, we're
1: here. Another episode of the Sagebrush Show and Aggie Podcast. We're excited to have this one. Uh we're gonna we're gonna get rip out the bandied right away. We are we've been suckered, boys. We 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 believed, we we predicted this was gonna happen, and here we are. Six and five. And you know what? What are we thinking after that Boise State loss, Tim? I'll let you start.
2: Um, I mean, Boise's really uh, clearly the top twenty team in the country. I mean, we haven't had. I think even the three and nine year we were in. I felt like we were in most games. I mean, Matt Wells hasn't won a close game ever. I mean, as we've seen at Texas Tech this year. So, um, but I mean, even, even during those kind of rough years, we were in a lot of games. We weren't in this. Um, this was a blowout and this I mean at least I I I remember looking at the score I was like oh I mean I've been kind of you know from my freshman year was five years ago we haven't had a game this bad maybe Tennessee then or USC a couple years later um but I mean at least in Mountain West play we haven't had a game this far off ever so I mean that was definitely
1: it's been a while Braxton what'd you think yeah you were there didn't you go oh
0: yeah I was there and um I like It was 7-7, and I was like, hey, cool, like, maybe we can pull this out. And then it just – the snowstorm just started – the snowstorm of points that started coming. And I don't know, like, the pick six and I helped.
1: It was awful. Yeah, well, it was ever since the – ever – we had some momentum, and then Jordan threw that pick six, and it was just all – Downhill. All downhill. downhill. I wouldn't even say it was a downhill. It was mainly, like, a cliff. Like, as soon as that – it was just no – no give that was it was all over after that point which is unfortunate but you know we kind of assumed collectively that this game was going to go not the blowout but I didn't think that we had much of a shot to win this one
2: I mean we were Boise was eight or nine point favorites yeah and they were I mean we scored the last touchdown at the end Columbia ran one and we were down by 42 points like that's not (laughs) no I mean Vegas thought it was gonna be closer we all thought it was gonna be closer a lot of people thought it would be closer I mean
1: Excluding the Wake Forest game, we've either won or we've been blown out. And that's been like kind of the 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 trend for our football team this year, which has been unfortunate.
2: The nice thing is with that note that we have won close games. I mean, again, I hate to, you know, bring up Matt Wells, but we beat Wyoming and that was a close game. We won on a field goal at Fresno. So we have one close games this year, San Diego State to some level. Yeah, exactly. Braxton, what'd you
1: think?
0: Yeah, I mean, I agree. Like you know, we've, we've won, we've won, we've won the close games, but we've also been blown out in the games. We've won the games we should have won, but we've blown out. We've been blown out in the games. We, you know,
1: we've, we we've taken to lose. Yeah, exactly right. So. Yeah, it's 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 frustrating because we did what we were supposed to do. I think we won most. I don't know any games this year that we weren't expected to lose that we won. Um, no, I think we, we, we won all the games that we were at least close to the spread, at least, uh, on that regard. Um, I don't know if, were we picked to win BoU Was that, was that for us? Th- yeah.
0: Yeah. We were favored. I okay. think we were a one
1: point
2: favorite. That's might, right. That's right. We what might've was. been in Fresno as well, but. So
1: yeah, there've been very few, but like games that we were not favored in, we have not performed well in, and it's, it's frustrating and. But here we are, 6-5, and five, an opportunity to get 7-5 and five after after this game against New Mexico. I don't expect much of a competition. It's when they just fired their head coach. He's going to play his last game there or coach's last game there. Oh, did they just fire Bob Davey? Yeah, they fired oh. him uh, yesterday or yesterday. day before. Anyway, they fired him. And so they're not going to have much going into that game when it comes to home field or um, motivation. I imagine they're going to have a lot of transfers from this team just because of the the style of offense is going to completely change for the the next guy. So I don't think that you're going to have much of an effort. So this is going to be a pickup game, Uh, you know, pick me back up and kind of make me a little bit more happy when going into bowl season. We'll probably be 7-5. We're looking at Arizona Bowl, maybe a Cheez-It Bowl. I would love for us to go to the Idaho Potato Bowl because at this point, I just want us to win the bowl game and get eight wins and just scratch this season off like it. it's like, oh, we got eight wins and it's fine. What What are your thoughts on postseason stuff?
2: Um, I mean, before we dive into that, I mean, we're an eleven and a half point favorite this week. I think that's pretty good. We opened at thirteen. It's currently eleven and a half. I New Mexico. I watched them play Air Force. They looked awful. Their uh, third string quarterback uninjured, so they have a freshman. True sure, freshman, a pretty athletic guy, but he—I not I, I would be. This is going to be a really bad loss if we lose this, so I expect us to win. Um, another thing that I just wanted to point out: I, there's been a couple transfers already, a couple guys that have already entered into the transfer portal. That's right. On USU side of things, which is interesting, just because it leads me to believe that there's going to be a little bit of turnover here. That Gary's trying to open up some space for for some new recruits, maybe some transfers, maybe yeah, I don't know more guys from the University of Utah. Who knows? But uh, <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, we're going to get... They've uh, been
1: our most efficient players this
2: year. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get... Uh, you know, who's their best player? Get, Jalen, that... get Jalen Johnson's? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zach Grant. Moss is going to find another year of eligibility and come up. You heard it here first. Brax, um, Brax what are you thinking?
0: Um, I, I don't know. I still feel like, you know, eight wins, you know, it's a good benchmark, but like, it just feels like a wash. Like, like it's cool that we're going bowling. It's cool that we're going to a bowl game, but... Uh, I don't know. After the loss last year, I feel like we, like like it was just kind of a letdown, you know.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it, it's the thing is that it, the reason why it feels like such a letdown is that we've just been embarrassed for so many weeks the last half of the season. And it would be different maybe if we lose to Air Force by a touchdown, we lose to Boise State by a couple touchdowns, and we lose to BYU by just relatively close. But the fact that we've been blown out in these four games, and you can throw LSU in there too, but that's kind of a, a mute point because they're just one of the best teams in the country. I, it, You're seeing the ramifications from it because you, you've seen players decommit from Utah State already. You've seen people transfer from Utah State already. The young kids that haven't played yet, these are things that, like, it's not a good look to be blown out by any stretch of the imagination. It's not good to lose recruits, and it's not good for players to leave. But getting to eight wins, you know, It might have a positive impact blowing out New Mexico, letting the stats build up, and then hopefully getting a favorable matchup. Right now, most places have us in the Arizona Bowl playing Georgia Southern, and I can't think of a worse matchup for us just because of what our style of play is and how awful we are on defense. That is not a matchup I want to see us take on because Georgia Southern, they are a decent Sun Belt team and i don't want us to see cuz they and i don't know if you guys know, they run that uh, this uh the triple option that
0: yeah, the triple option air force yeah.
1: that
2: uh, the, we did very well with, <laughs> with so air
1: force. i i can't i can't hope against but anything i want us to i want us in the potato bowl because i think i think that we match up better with a max school and at this point yeah you can say oh well it's a, a trophy's a trophy and eight win season is still when I, in the, this grand scheme of things it's a it's a recruitment thing it makes us feel a little bit better about where we go f- forward eight wins coming off an 11 win season you know when it, you look past like five years down the road and you're like oh well we won 11 games and won eight games in a, on a rebuilding pseudo rebuilding team it's hard to call it a rebuilding because you have you we were supposed to have such a dominant quarterback and he hasn't lived up to that hype which is unfair to him but it is what it is uh but yeah, we are we are we feeling potato bowl? Where where are we wanting to go for this, this this bowl season?
0: I think you hit the nail on the head. I think a potato bowl, you know, against some back schools, is definitely more winnable than against
1: you know, Arizona
0: Bowl against Georgia Southern.
2: Um, I think I I don't know, I think it'd be cool to somehow I mean I don't even I don't I'm not super familiar with both high ends, but this would not be a good way to end the season if we play some... I mean, Georgia Southern, who's heard of them? Uh, or some school in the MAC, Eastern Illinois or something that nobody's ever heard of. Like I, Playing Eastern. a relevant game. Yeah, I know. That's <laughs> the, they're not the one. Yeah, i know, I'm just making it up. But um, I feel like Boise would be cool. We'd get a lot of people that would be able to go to it. Um, we'd have a nice turnout. We've won bowl games there before. Um, I don't know. I feel like I, Boise would be nice. And I mean, honestly... An eight and five season in a coach's first year, we have some turnover, a new offensive coordinator, a, basically a brand new offense. I mean, we want to dance around the bush here. Our offense has been completely new this year. I mean, yeah. we touched on this before. This is this is kind of to be expected. An eight and five season, giving the situation, really isn't that bad. Yeah,
0: Braxton. Yeah, okay, I, I agree. I kind of touched on it earlier. I mean, like the offense is all new. The defense had some big injuries, like. So it's kind of a push.
1: Yeah. So let's let's hope for a little bit more of positive. I want to talk a little bit about it on uh, the championship game on Saturday. Uh, We got Hawaii going to Boise. Do we expect Boise or Hawaii to have any shot at this? Is that
2: this weekend or next weekend? uh, Sorry, in two weeks. No. They played them there earlier. I think they lost by. Did they play? Yeah. I think Hawaii played at Boise this year, and I think they lost by at least twenty points. Okay.
1: I don't know if they played each other. I I, I have no idea, but it would be interesting. Rumor has it if Boise doesn't get into the New Year's Six Bowl, they're gonna they're not gonna accept the Vegas Bowl, and Hawaii's going there regardless. So that's gonna have some interesting ramifications going forward for the rest of the the rest of the conference, adding another conference bowl game for us, which probably solidifies us either in Arizona or or Boise for the potato bowl. Um yeah,
2: so uh that's not never mind they played Air Force and they lost by 30. Yeah, I, um, I don't think they played uh, No, they lost, this they, year. they played Boise on October 12th. They lost 57 to 39. Oh, okay. All right. They kept it at least decently close. Yeah.
1: Um so without further ado, that was our football program. You know, it's 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 sad. Um but, you know, eight wins, a potential eight-win season given what Utah State's history is, it's a it's a solid spot for us to be. Like just build forward, continue on going forward. and But, yeah, let's wrap a bow on our football talk right here because we got a lot more positive things to discuss. We had an awesome week week for basketball. They went to Jamaica. We talked about it a little bit. I want to hear your guys' perspective. When we were down 19 points to LSU in the second half, what were we thinking at that point?
2: So, so let me get started with this funny story. So uh, I come home. Monday and I have um a uh, letter from this Monday. Yes, my downstairs neighbor on my door. Um and a somewhat passive aggressive note saying that uh I I was oh, quite no. loud during oh. the uh <laughs> during a certain time on Friday night and uh I was trying to I was trying to figure out and put the dates together. And I was like, Oh, that was the second half of the L S U game. Oh, okay, that makes sense. I was like That's hilarious. Yeah, so that was uh that was what was going on there. So Braxton, walk me through uh, what you were
1: going through because I don't remember. We didn't really talk at all in that in that run. So. <laughs>
0: I, think, I think we messaged back and forth a little bit, and you said, shh,
2: "Shh." Yeah, yeah. I think I sent a message. I was like, "Where did this come from?" And you're like, "What
0: did what? Nothing's happening." <laughs> like, I like, don't you, don't you think it. But I was I was driving back from work, and I had it on the radio, and I stopped at uh, I stopped at my buddy Connor's house, and I was like, "I well, watch it." Like it's halftime, they're down nineteen. He's like, "Well, I don't think they're gonna win." I was like, "Look, let's just watch it. Let's just try like, support the A's." And then I started on that run, and I was like, "Oh man, they're gonna win!" Um, it was just exhilarating. We watched on, we watched on my phone because it was on the TV, and it was just like it was ups and downs. And I was like, "Alfonso, give let's give credit to Alfonso. He was going off."
1: We got to get Alfonso on the show. He retweets yeah, all my stuff. I, I I need to get him on because he's 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 a, he's Honestly, and Tim brought it up. He's our third best player on this team,
2: and I think that's huge that he fills that void because it's. I mean, I, for I mean, Ketav might be the best defensive player in the country, and I don't think that's a stretch. Um, his offensive game is not the most sound thing on the planet, um, and I think that Anderson allows Sam to not play well, which we saw Sunday, um, and still win a game, which is great.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm actually. We'll get. Actually, we'll get there in a second because I don't want to jump over this LSU game. I felt in in that one when we were down by 19 they hit it it was the weirdest thing and I, I don't remember cuz I wasn't listening to the audio I was it was here in studio so I didn't have it on they hit a three pointer and they were up by 21 and then they come back from break and they're up by 19 were they uh, did they review a three pointer no
2: so there was one and I remember watching this cuz I was just like we I was pissed cuz we were losing and cuz CBS Sports had the worst camera angle ever um <laughs> and I really enjoyed you know essentially sitting on the floor of the arena watching the game but um we Sam made a layup, I think, and they counted it for both Utah State and LSU. I was like, "All right, guys, you can't even get this right, great." And you know, but um, eventually we came back. So I remember there was a couple of minutes there of just doing math. I'm like, "Okay, no, we're actually only down 19. It's not 21. It's yeah, okay, good, because
1: I was I didn't I didn't hear anything about that. I wasn't too sure, but I remember sitting there was like, and I think we were talking, and then we kind of stopped at this point. Is we were saying if we can keep if we can like slow them down, and they're gonna miss their shots maybe we hit a few. I remember when Brock hit that three-pointer and it put us down by like I think roughly like 16 or something like that. Yeah. I was I I was like okay, here we go. This is uh, uh this is where we start going. And that's exactly what Craig Smith told the team. Like, All right, get it to 10, and then get it to 5, and then suddenly we were there. And I never it, oddly enough, I never felt this game was out of reach. And we were down by 19 points with, like, 15 minutes left. Of the no,
2: game. the thing and then it's nice is that our offensive game, where at times it's um, interesting, as we saw against North Texas, but that when we get going, we can fill it up. And there's a lot of people on this team that can make shots. They can all run the floor. We put that lineup of Abel, Sam, Alfonso, Diogo, and Justin Bean on the floor. All five of them can handle the ball. All five of them can do essentially anything that needs to be done. And we can fill it up pretty
0: quickly. Braxton, what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, like... I, don't know. I I th- I think I mentioned this, but when I mentioned this last week, when we start scoring, this kind of comes in a wave. And I kind of said confidence. Like, I never really felt like we were out of it. I never really felt like, hey, like, this game's over. Like, we're the number 15 team in the nation. Like, we, you're supposed to overcome this. I think, I think that showed. And, you know, we'll, we'll touch on the North Texas game, but like, this weekend just showed the resiliency of this team. Like, yeah, it's fun to blow teams out and like, but that doesn't teach you. That doesn't teach the team how to, you know, how to win, like uh, what it takes to win those close games. Exactly. And I think this. I think this tournament really, really showed the resiliency and the, the the basketball fortitude that this team has.
1: I I completely agree. And I was getting flashes when we were down by nineteen, or like they we just couldn't get into that lead of Washington in the tournament. And I was just thinking this, all right, here we go again. We finally play a team that's more athletic than us, and we just can't compete, and it's going to be our Achilles heel all year long. And then all of a sudden we started clawing back, and I was sitting, he's like, no, this is – holy, we might be different. And then once Alfonso and Justin – and I I tweeted out, but – Man, Sam was electric in that final in that game. Those last, he was hitting big shots, but we were we wouldn't have sniffed that comeback if it wasn't for Justin Bean and if it wasn't for Alfonso Anderson. And Justin that wasn't he does all the things that we that, that's not sexy, you know. He does he gets the rebounds. He has he has so much hustle uh, on, and it's so impressive to watch. And he does so many little things that we don't necessarily recognize, and it's really impressive. And I just kudos to Justin Bean because man. We 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 talked in the preseason about worry uh, if if Justin can fill Quinn Taylor's shoes, and I don't even think it's close that Justin is surpassed of what Quinn Taylor could, uh, brought to us last year. No offense to Quinn, but Justin is a, a formidable offensive threat on the boards, and he's also an, um he can control the ball, and he's a really good defender. I, am I crazy to think that Justin is an improvement over Quinn, uh, Quinn Taylor?
2: I think Alfonso's, he, I mean, not to jump over the LSU game, but again, North Texas, I was like, okay, Sam was injured when, we, when that was tighter than it should be. That was a horrible matchup for us. So, I mean, that was just, I, you know, I'm glad we were able to pull it out. But I was like six minutes left. I'm like, Alfonso on his ISO is our best offense here because he can consistently convert. He is built like a truck. He can finish underneath. He can shoot the, I mean, that dude made more clutch threes against LSU than I mean, people have their own career, and he did it in a five minute span. I mean, he's got it going on, which is huge for us. And nights when Sam is off, we've got somebody else that can do it. Braxton, what do you think?
0: Yeah, I agree. I think like like I, you know, I was a big Quinn Taylor guy last year, and like, yeah, yeah, he, his his basketball IQ like was a match. And like, I mean, you see him on the on the on the coaches side, and like he's still you know participating in Utah State basketball activities. But I think just Justin Bean and the combination of Bean and Alfonso is just like like that's night and day improvement from last year. And like 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 Tim said, Alfonso just makes the right reads. He's he's a great offensive threat. Like he shoots the ball, and you don't like you you aren't worried about it going in. Yeah, I agree. Like just like is really consistent.
2: Diogo played really really well too and i Um, don't think i'll let you finish
0: tim i don't think
1: we give diogo enough love because he he's the defender and he doesn't score as much as he should but he he has the incredible tough difficult job being the guy that we just hound their best player and continue to because i think
2: i mean because i don't know if this was sam last year maybe we've just switched it maybe this works a little bit better but there was the the super tiny athletic point guard for North Texas that absolutely torched us that shouldn't have, but we're going to have guys that are just going to you know gonna drop 30 occasionally. Diogo shut him down in the final couple of minutes because he was longer. He was able to stay on him and able to stay up and quick with him. I think he's a little bit quicker than Sam. Sam. Sam's got probably the best basketball IQ of anybody that's ever played at USU, but he's Diogo's just a little bit longer, a little bit quicker, and I think that's extremely helpful when we need to get a stop against some of these more athletic um teams late in the season
1: I agree and we'll we'll talk about North Texas here because and I to kind of tie it up the comeback for against LSU was incredible uh incredible effort the way that Diogo fell on the ground I'm pretty sure was 95 percent of the of the Aggie fandom is how exhausted Mm -hmm. we were at the end of that game um but yeah it was it was impressive Uh, what a feat and it really showed the resilience of this the squad and a lesser squad would have given up and when, all right, well, it just wasn't in the cards. But we got a good quad one victory. That's going to be a key for us going forward to getting an automatic berth. I think that's going to be given for our for this season. But also getting higher in these polls, in these seed seedings. But going into the North Texas game, I'm starting to see a key thing here with uh, with games that we are close with, and it's gonna it, it borderline goes down to if teams can hit three pointers or not. Montana State hit those big three pointers that we, and these are not open threes. Then I've noticed because I go back and watch the film about this, and you'll notice these threes that are hitting are deep threes, are contested threes that they're just hot. And you saw it with Montana State; they got hot. Actually, Was,
2: not not Montana State. Harold Frey. Yeah, Harold got Frey. Hot.
1: Harold Frey got hot, and they, he hit everything. He hit NBA three pointers, just sh- shots that aren't efficient in in, in college basketball, that didn't just hit them and we we're okay with that because we knew that efficiency-wise that he's not going to hit those the entire game. LSU, I, that's why I felt the same way, is so that we were in the faces of these LSU guards, but they were just hitting these shots. It was just incredible. I knew for a fact if if we continued the our defense on that, they are going to start missing those, and we're going to have an opportunity to come back. Same with North, North Texas where we didn't hit our shots, but they were hitting their three-pointers, and that was their only key thing. And – I think that's going to be a common thing for our season is that we're not going to get beat in the post, especially when Nemius comes back. And it's it's just really – it is a positive thing to have the only weakness on your team be if the other team can outshoot you from the three-point line. Because North Texas is an example. Montana State is an example. When our offense isn't efficient, and that is when uh, we're going to be in those close games. Uh, and then uh, – you know, LSU was just a, a game that we needed offense and defense at the very end. But yeah, so North Texas, I don't really see much. We talked a little bit about Alfonso's impact in that one, Justin's impact. When Sam can only score five points and we can escape a victory like that, I, I'm totally fine by that. If if Sam would have scored like forty and we would have won by like five, I think that would have been more of an issue.
0: Yeah, I mean, this shows this shows the power of the team. You know, like it's a team. It's not it's not any one person. It's like contributions from everybody. You no, know, they harp. They harp in Little League. It's not one person.
2: I, I mean, I'm just looking at our stats now. And This is, I think, I'm just looking back and forth between St. Mary's and us now. Um, I think so. Sam has been extremely efficient from three. He's shooting 52% from the three-point line. Uh, however, overall, he is shooting 39%, and I think a lot of that just comes from him not getting foul calls when he's inside. But, um, Alfonso Anderson is shooting 57%, which is uh, really impressive for essentially a guard. Um, Justin, Bean, and Diogo are right around fifty. Um, that's that's really good. We have five players in double figures. I still think that Brock takes way too many jump shots, but it, we have five players that can contribute um, on a nightly basis. Um, compared to St. Mary's, where they only have five players averaging over two points a game, we they have, have they have three players averaging at least double figures. I remember looking at up this yeah, morning. We have five. They they only have five players that are averaging more than two and a half points a game, which is huge.
1: Yeah they're they're I I don't know if they're a, a more of a defensive team because they don't score as many t- uh, points as we do. We score roughly a 85, 87 I think is the average and they're right around 66. So I wonder but they don't have a big man. That's been their one like I know that for a fact that's been their one drawback this season is that they don't have a a post player to kind of Throw uh, add to St. Mary, who's their best player?
2: They've got, so Jordan Ford, Jordan Ford yeah, is averaging 20 a game but he's a six-two guard that's not, again, he's crafty he's smart he, I mean, I say that he's smart, he turns the ball over as much as he assists it. Um, they don't have anybody on their team averaging over um, two assists, oh, never mind Tanner Cuse does, but uh, he only averages two assists a game, he turns the ball over two times a game he's their starting point guard I don't think this, that this is a bad matchup for us. I I, think, what do they have th- um, from the three-point line? Just So uh, they shoot 43%, which is pretty good, yeah. um, which, again, comes to your point of them shooting. And they've got I, I mean, Tanner Krebs shoots it. He's shooting 50% from three. Hughes, their other guard, is shooting 54% from three. They make shots. Yeah. And I think that's going to be the thing is that they play smart. They only turn the ball over 11 times a game. However, we also play smart. They're an older, they're an older team. They have upperclassmen. We also have upperclassmen. The issue, and this is with the huge problem that we we're in in North Texas. They had a super athletic point guard. We do, definitely do not. Yeah. And they had a very long, a very big athletic big man. Which, unfortunately, until Kedek comes back, who knows? Maybe he'll be. Maybe it'll be a Thanksgiving miracle and he'll play Friday. We don't have that either. St. Mary's doesn't either, though. So yep. I think it's a great matchup for us
1: because they uh, North Texas had that uh, that forward pseudo center that yeah. we had uh, we had Alfonso guarding, but yeah, and that's a, that's a good point, Tim. That this this is gonna be, I think that they match up well for our weaknesses. They're gonna if they can hit those shots that we give up, then it's gonna be a battle. And yeah, so I'm and this is our first road game. If you when it comes to no like neutral site, this is gonna be straight up in St. Mary's Dome. In their arena, their three thousand seat arena. So, I don't know, Braxton. What are you? What are you feeling from St. Mary's on Friday?
0: Um, I, you know, I, I think the Thanksgiving break take, definitely takes away the the home advantage. It's I don't true. think it's going to be a pack. I don't think it's going to be a packed house at all. I think. Um, I think the last time we played at St. Mary's, there was. A, I think Ty Wesley had that big dunk.
1: We played them last year, but was neutral, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, we it put them in Vegas last, last year. year.
0: Yeah, I think someone had a massive dunk. I just.
1: It was uh, – you're yeah. talking Brady Jardine. Yeah, Brady Jardine. Brady,
0: yeah. Like he just tore the rim down. Um, but I think I, – I, I I agree with what you said. I think we match up well with him. We will definitely – I think we win by,
1: you know, 10-plus points. They haven't announced the spread yet, right? No, okay, yeah, that's, that's what, what I'm looking I at right yeah. now. They, I, this, this game is another question mark because, a I I predicted Utah State – to go twenty-six and three this year, the three losses I had them going to were LSU, Florida, and then I had them losing at San Diego State in the in season. So I figured that they would pull this one out. This one is a is a question because outside of the Winthrop game, St. Mary's has played really well in in their in their couple. They beat a few Mountain West schools. They beat Fresno State by ten. Fresno State's not that good this year. I
2: mean their schedule. So they beat New Mexico or they beat Wisconsin on a neutral court. Wisconsin lost to New Mexico this week, so that's, I mean, we can, you know, get into the, this team lost to this team, but yeah. it, it's still, that's a direct, that's a direct team. They lost to Winthrop. They beat Long Beach State by 18. That's not, I mean, we were blowing out teams at home. I mean, yeah. Cal, they beat Cal Poly by 31, but we beat Weber by 55. We beat Denver, who's solid by 45. I mean, these results at home, Lehigh by 11. Lehigh is in the Patriot League. They're not very good. This isn't like Fresno by 10. We're going to beat Fresno by more than 10 next week, like, it's, yeah. it's. I don't know. I'm. I'm hoping that this is the game that Nemius comes back. You.
1: You wonder how. How long he's gonna be out for, but you know the goat was seven and zero without him is such a huge impact on this team. Tim, what do you want?
2: So uh, I was initially thinking I was like, oh, I don't know if he, if if him coming back is gonna be the best thing in the world just because it throws off rotations and whatever. <laughs> Kuba looks so absolutely lost and we
1: gotta we gotta address kuba uh, yeah
2: this is i i mean i saw his insta story that he was in the hospital earlier this week and you know with shades on so i think he's having a good time with it but i don't know if he's playing this week but alfonso anderson is six five and plays a better center than kubani seven two that is an enormous issue
1: yeah and it's it's been noticeable and i think most fans realize that as well as like justin bean plays a better center than our seven foot two center exactly. which is unfortunate. But he, he's on the court for roughly 10 minutes a game. And after that, you can't have him on there any longer because he just takes up a position on offense that we need to have on scoring. He, and he's just not coordinated off enough on the offensive side of the ball, which is unfortunate because we all had high hopes from him. We had heard uh, from, from coaches saying that he was uh, going to be a difference maker for for that. Maybe he will be, like that second unit when Nemius comes back. And maybe he, he's better off on the bench. But I think that's kind of his role. And, and until uh, Nemius comes back, I feel like he's going to have to be that 10-minute center and then Alfonso and Justin yeah. will, will fill that role.
2: I think at least for now they've got – because you need at least the seven-man rotation. That's what we had last year, and they throw Dwayne Brown in for a couple minutes. And I I think they kind of get to that level now with – I mean, frankly, I don't think he's doing anything. I mean, he's, he just comes into the game and commits fouls, and it's not, it's not good. I think they almost have a better look of just trying to – maneuver some people around throw barstow in at the three for a few minutes just that spot time because he at least looks athletic he gets some passing lanes i I would trust him to make an open layup if he needs to i think that's the look that they need to go with but we'll see this week Braxton,
0: um yeah i mean i have no, no further things to say about kubler i i tend to agree and i think i mean coming back shifts everything and we don't have to really worry about who, what minutes are going to go to Nemi or if the rotation is going to be off. just because we haven't really seen much production from the true five spot.
1: Exactly. You know? That's a good point. No, and, totally. And, but, you know, kind of looking – so St. Mary's, it's a it's a big matchup, another opportunity to get another quadrant one victory because I think that they're roughly – they're going to be in that, that top echelon of teams when it comes to at the end of the year that they think of as good wins, especially this one on the road, which is – is going to be a huge impact. Um, Tim and I were talking, but it's so much fun to watch college basketball now, because like just naturally, I I'm a I I love college basketball. But I was sitting watching Dayton play Kansas today, and then I, I scout teams that are roughly, and I play I, I watch them just because if they lose, maybe we can jump ahead. And so it's it's exciting to be 15. We didn't move which I found a little bit interesting but there wasn't much yeah. shake up in the front half of the of the, the top 25. I figured that we'd probably at least move above Arizona just because of the big uh, uh because of the weight that LSU holds. Like I guess I was wrong in that regard. But sitting at 15, we're going to have an opportunity to move up this week uh if we beat L- uh Saint Mary's on Friday. Yeah, I
0: mean is this I think I think, you know, end of the end of next week we beat Saint Mary's we're you know
1: top thirteen team. Exactly. So that's my hope. Yeah, we beat Saint Mary's, go eight and zero, and then we got San Jose State, which I don't imagine that is uh There. <laughs> that's San gonna, Jose State. <laughs> that's got. It it'll. I'm hoping it'll be another twenty point blowout.
2: ESPN picked that up though, so that's gonna be on. That's what that'll be on ESPN too. So and it's, it's, students will be back, so that'll be nice. Um,
1: well, and that's in San Jose though, right? I, be, I believe. Yeah. that's Oh, it, is that's it in you, San Jose? Oh, yeah, Fresno it. State. Fresno's uh, the,
0: the first. Fresno's the first. The conference home
1: game, first and last home game of the year. So, uh, Fresno states, and that'll be that's kind of where I'm circling to see Nimi back just because that's right before we play BYU in Florida. And I would imagine at that point he had have enough time to recover. But, uh, what do I know? Like, this, these need things, it could be completely up to up in the air. But, um, yeah, so we got I want to talk a little bit more about the Mountain West because just to keep eyes on teams that are playing really well namely two teams. I think it's a three uh it'll be a three horse race at this point just cuz the other uh, the other nine schools aren't playing too well. Um but uh San Diego State, they're still undefeated. They've they picked up a good win in Provo. They haven't really played anybody other than BYU, so they're they're sitting at 6 and 0, but I think that the win in Provo is, is respectable enough to get get our attention. Um, most likely, they will run the table until Mountain West play, just because their their conference schedule is just super weak.
2: They play Creighton tomorrow. That's Cre- true. That's Creighton's the that's the one. That's
1: the one that they get decent
2: teams. That'll be a good measuring stick.
1: And then the other squad is New Mexico. New Mexico, you know, picking up a big victory against Wisconsin, but they also lost a, an undefeated uh, UTEP squad. So, but I just don't want us to like think of like in Nevada's case last year it was like oh no it's us and then the rest and then we came up and shocked them now they're, they're two teams in the Mountain West that can give us some issues New Mexico and San Diego State being those ones so those ones are going to be fun to circle on the on the calendar
2: that's still so crazy could you imagine I don't know who was picked ninth this year but just towards the bottom of the league like Wyoming Air Force could you imagine if like Wyoming won the Mountain West this year
1: I'm pretty sure it went Wyoming San Jose
2: and then it was Air Force I could you imagine if like I mean yeah Wyoming would be in that ninth spot like I'm not even like thinking about them. Yeah, and it's like it seemed like that to come and win the Mountain. That'd be crazy. It's so impressive yeah, last, it was, year. And it was the,
1: last year. Last it year, it's crazy. Well, yeah. even at that point last year, we were undefeated until weeks uh, like game seven. I think we were six and zero or five and zero until we played Arizona State. So, but then these the other Mountain. That's why I bring it up is that the other Mountain West schools haven't lived up to those hypes or that they haven't. Yeah, you know, they're living up to their expectations of being kind of a middle road Mountain West schools. Nevada's 5 and 3. I don't think Nevada's going to be that good this year. They've kind of they've lost their big games and won the games that they should have. Um but yeah, so I think it's going to be a three-horse race in the Mountain West.
2: Yeah, Fresno's down. UNLV's down. They, Colorado State is better, but they weren't that good last who, year. They they just beat somebody today. It was um they? I think it was New Mexico. It might have been New Mexico State. Nah, it was a,
1: it was a decent it was a decent program that they beat today. They but beat? uh, so I just want to – Oh, they beat Washington State today. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a real team. <laughs> yeah, it was Washington State. It was a Pac-12 school. That's play UVU on Sunday. So, yeah, it, it's a – but I, right now I love our basketball program. It's giving me so much happiness because, man, sports in other, in other regard for me have been really upsetting. So – uh, just to sit right here, as a 15-ranked team, 7-0 and with a lot of other teams in the top 25 losing, an opportunity to move up, and we haven't got our most impactful player on, on the team yet. And it, it It is not unfair, it is not irresponsible for Utah State fans to be thinking when this team is complete, when this team is fully healthy, this is a top team in the country, top 10 team in the country. And and I I hear college basketball analysts talk about, like, if you – there is not a heavy favorite there is not a, a basketball squad there is not a, a a virginia squad there is not a zion williamson um, monster of a duke basketball team this year that you know if we go up against I, there are very few pl- uh, teams in this country that if we went up against them, I don't think that we have an opportunity to win. You, I watched Kansas. Kansas was another team that was like, oh, they're going to be really good. Dayton gave them a, a hard time until the very end. Tim, what do you think? They've
2: got – I mean, like, just Kansas, for example. They've got – their center is huge. Their he, center, he plays a lot like Nimi. I think Keta's a better defender, though. And yeah, Keta exactly. was higher on draft boards last year. I mean, this is – I was just I, watching him today, and I was like, well, wow, he does a lot. I think that he does. we've got I – also, I mean, the, the one thing to take a look at if Keta comes back healthy, I saw him windmilling on Instagram stories and stuff, so, I mean, I think it's only a matter of, you know, days or weeks days, until he's – Days, yeah. Hopefully, but he he's a lot bigger this year. I mean, you look at pictures of him from this time last year, the beginning of the season last year to right around now, he looks significantly bigger upstairs. Like, he's – He's going to be able to battle with these people. That was the issue against Washington in the tournament. Was that he got, frankly, de- destroyed yeah. by these by these guys? But I, I think he's got the size, and we've got the. I I think we've got a chance to beat these teams and make a tournament run. Maxon,
0: I I agree. I mean, I, you watching, you know, watching the he's play. Like, I I don't expect us to lose at all. Like I don't know. I I I made the prediction of going undefeated. I still stand by it. <laughs> um, I think when Neme comes back, like it just will, like, even add an even, even better jump to the team. So
1: yeah, it's nice. it's it's impressive. And to kind of further the point of Neme, that was his uh, the one thing when he went to the NBA draft, and that's the the benefit of him declaring for the draft is that he was able to go and talk to nba scouts and unanimously it was about his strength that was really kind of an issue with it he came back and he's gotten a lot bigger and it's kind of tough to say because you know he he could be like really strong but when it comes to basketball it could be a mute point so hopefully he plays stronger that when he gets back but yeah like you look down the, on the line you see number ones losing every week you saw duke lose to Stephen F. Austin yesterday. You saw Kentucky lose to Evansville and almost lose to Utah Valley. So I just, you got Virginia, who's an amazing defensive squad. Uh, You got Gonzaga. You got some teams above us that, you know, they're going to be really good. But Utah State is a tall, athletic squad. We're not going to be outmatched against these squads. And that's so crazy to talk about out loud because. It's usually, you know, with these small schools that, you know, are undefeated that hope to, like, make a run in the tournament, except for Gonzaga, is that they don't have the size to match up with these teams. And you look across the board, maybe outside of Abel Porter, there isn't a guy on this team that I don't think that could match up with any of these guys, well, uh, starting key players seven seven deep that I don't have an issue with guarding somebody on their other team.
2: I think to that point... What's going to be interesting as we get closer to the end of the year is if they shuffle lineups. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, Diogo's come off the bench forever, and he's done fantastic in that job. I think Alfonso coming off the bench is great. I think eventually you get to the point, though, that uh, is it better for them to be coming off the bench with 10 minutes in when we're losing, or it's close? Or is or is it better for us to just simply start the game with a lineup of Sam, Diogo, Alfonso, Justin Bean, and Keta? Because I feel like those are our five best players, and just have Sam play point guard because I feel like he does it as as well or better than able um, as it is, is that the lineup that we go to and then we try to bring people off the bench or do we stick with the lineup that we have now? And I think that's a dilemma that we have going throughout the rest of the season. What, what do you think about that, Brax? I,
0: I, I do enjoy it. I do think the current lineup works um, with me in that five spot. Obviously I think uh, uh, I was actually talking with, about this with some other people the other day. I think that deal works best as a sixth man like a Joe Ingles type of, you know, player comp where he he can come in and play starter minutes, but, you know, still play against those second units, uh, work against those second units, like go get a spot there. And also, you know, he'll come in in that clutch time unit. I mean, Abel did play in crunch time against LSU. He made that last pass to Sam for that three. Like, he broke that zone that they were running. He made the right pass. Like, we can't understate the uh, you know, the effect that Abel has on this team. Um, this in terms of, you know, basketball IQ, everyone plays better when Abel's on the floor. If you look at the raw numbers, it's true. Like I don't know, I think Abel I'm I'm am a big Able supporter. I know he, he turns the ball over a little bit in, in critical times, but he also makes the right plays in critical times. So I mean he it's, it's right. He can't he can't stay with these, you know, longer, bigger guards, but he also is gritty and, tough and he makes, play, he makes right plays. So I think, I think her lineup is, works well.
1: I think that when, when it comes to the end of the season, the the final lineup is more important than the starting lineup. And I think the final lineup is going to be, it'll be uh, Sam. It'll be Diogo. It'll be Alfonso. It'll be Justin. And it'll be Keta. And the fact of the that matter let's that's like, the- stop on that lineup. Because that is, the,
2: <laughs> that is such a tall line. of the- That's a really good line. I mean, you know, you got to make shots, of course. But, uh, you know, you watch some of these top teams and, like, that is an older team. Like Duke, for example, is more athletic. They're all 18. Yeah. Like, I, you know, we have experience. They've been there before. That's one of the best fives in the country. And, I mean, you know, you got to hope that you're healthy. You hope that you're not in foul trouble. Hope that somebody's on from that. You got two or three guys that, are, that can go off the dribble. You got two or three guys that have made tough shots. You got two or three guys that have just been around the block before. That is a team that can make a tournament run. That is a team that can hit shots and get to the Sweet 16, Elite eight, maybe a Final Four or something, but the the opportunity is definitely there with that lineup. It's exciting, but uh, we've gone a little bit long, so let's, let's close it here. Uh, last thoughts around the board, Braxton,
0: let will start
1: with you. Um, uh,
0: last thoughts. I am excited to watch St. Mary's. I'm excited to watch Fresno and San Jose. Um, I'm sorry I'm not in the studio today, but I will be in the studio next week.
2: Yes, exactly. You will be, Tim. I think I, I I want to stand. Hopefully, I'm not overconfident with this. I think we're a good matchup with St. Mary's.
1: You've been on this all all season. Hopefully,
2: is so. I don't think that they are that good. LSU scared me because they're super athletic. Florida scares me because their big man was a Virginia Tech transfer and they're really good. I watched them play Fresno. There's nothing. There's nothing spectacular about them. I think if we play relatively well. Meaning we make shots, we're healthy, we're not in foul trouble. Sam has a field goal, we win.
1: Yeah, it's exactly right, and we'll we'll be back next week to talk about. I think we'll do it Tuesday or Wednesday, depending on when Utah State plays. I think they actually play San Jose on Tuesday, so we might come back on Wednesday and talk about uh, talk about that one. Um, but yeah, it's exciting stuff for Utah State basketball. Hopefully, we have a lot more positive news to talk about next week. Maybe a win over New Mexico, and then a uh, little bit more of a positive buzz from our football program um but yeah a win over St. Mary's on on Friday maybe a top 14 team in the country we'll see uh, but yeah once again guys hey uh we appreciate you listening and we from all of us here we want to wish y'all happy thanksgiving happy Aggie thanksgiving uh eat some turkey for for Tim Turk two tur uh two turkey Tim right what <laughs> so anyway uh we appreciate you guys yeah eat
2: some turkey for me yeah
1: Anyway. I, but yeah, we appreciate you guys listening. And if you haven't yet, rate us on, on iTunes rate us on all the on, on your whatever, you wherever you listen to us. Is your podcast listener your choice. Exactly. Uh, Braxton, wanna send us out since you didn't get to bring send, us in us.
0: Out. All right guys, this has been the Sage Bros Show and Aggie Podcast. My name is Braxton Boone. You can follow me at A B Boone. We got Tim Wilson to the right of me, just kidding, I'm in my bed.
1: And we have Brady Clark. You can follow Tim at Wim Tilson. Thank you. <laughs> you follow,
0: and you can follow Brady at uh, Mr. Clarkster. Nope.
1: You can follow Brady at Braden T. Clark. Oh, how <laughs> official. Anyway. All right. Thanks, guys. I'll talk to you all
0: next week. All right. Good night. This might look like a normal job, but it's not. When hackers infiltrate networks and steal or destroy proprietary data, we're all at risk. Rebecca used to be a mid-level programmer until she earned a master's degree in cybersecurity online at Grand Canyon University. Now she's setting sophisticated honeypots to lure and catch hackers. What do you think protecting your company looks like? GCU offers over 175 high-quality online programs like this one. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University.
1: Visit gcu.edu.